Hi guys, welcome back to my so-called midlife podcast. I'm Jennifer and this is episode 45. Update. Well guys, I finally reached an age when I get excited for new cleaning products. Sad but true. With myself and the two animals, I am constantly looking for new ways to clean more effectively, especially when it comes to my floors. I'm kind of obsessed about my floors. And I've tried, I feel like I've tried a lot of different methods. Like I've tried several different types of mops. I've tried the Swiffer Wet Jet, which don't waste your money. Swiffer Wet Jet is a scam. If you have like a small cleanup, it's fine. But anything more than that, it's not effective at all. Just save your money. I've even done like the old fashioned, you know, bucket and rag in each hand down on my hands and knees cleaning the floors but my entire first floor is hardwoods and tile and it's effective to clean that way but I'm too old for that kind of cleaning can't do it anymore but the other day I was online and I got real excited when I found an article about effective ways of cleaning because yes these are the type of articles I read these days Gone are the days of 101 ways to keep him begging for more. Now it's all stain removal and ways to prevent osteoporosis. So anyway, the article said that one of the most effective ways to clean your floors is mixing hot tap water with Tide detergent, not the powdered one, not the liquid. And the key ingredient here, a spin mop. I immediately went on Amazon and ordered both the Spin Mop and the Tide detergent. I used it yesterday for the first time. Oh, guys, this is a game changer. It was so easy. It was really effective. It was so satisfying and actually like kind of fun. I'm not sure what has happened to my life that this now qualifies as fun, but it actually was And being able to rinse the mop out like right there and not having to walk back and forth to the sink. You don't have to touch the disgusting mop. You just put it in the little spinner, you know, like the salad spinner part. Give it a few pumps. It takes most of the water out. So, you know, your floors aren't sopping wet. This worked so well. My floors were gleaming. The Tide detergent smells great, so the house smelled great. The floors were so clean. And then after I did the hardwoods, I dumped that dirty water out, refilled the the bucket, and added a little bleach to do the kitchen and the entryways because someone who doesn't have kids or animals decided that white tile would be a good idea in the kitchen and the entryways. I have nightmares about this white tile. I, it just never seems clean to me. I don't know what it is. Like I feel like I could clean it 24-7 and it would just never really be clean. But anyway, you know, doing the kitchen floors this way worked really well. Again, it's just the spin mop. It's a gallon of hot tap water. You only need a couple of tablespoons of the... Tide powdered detergent. You don't want to use anything more than that because then the floors will be slippery. And, you know, when you get to my age, the last thing you want is slippery floors. But it works really well. And like I said, the house smelled great. 
If you are like me and you're kind of obsessed when it comes to clean floors, do yourself a favor, go on Amazon. The spin mop cost me about 30 bucks, a couple of extra bucks for the Tide detergent. It does a great job. You will thank me. TV podcast recommendations. I don't have any podcast recommendations this week, but I do have a couple of TV recommendations and one sort of observation. Remember last week when I told you that I was watching a show on Paramount Plus called Women Who Kill and that it was created and written by Mark Cherry? Well, you know, he also did Desperate Housewives. And I figured, well, if I like Women Who Kill, I probably will like Desperate Housewives too. I saw that it was available on Hulu, and so I started watching it. Here's the thing, guys. This show has not aged well. I mean, I'm sure most shows from the late 90s, early 2000s also haven't aged well. I mean, you know, times have changed. Our language has changed. Our views have changed. And watching it now, uh, at first it was funny. Then it got like a little cringy. Then it started to get uncomfortable and eventually it just became completely unwatchable. And I started to think, you know, if I had watched it when it originally aired, I probably would have liked it. But I don't know. Now watching it, Susan's annoying. Gabrielle's affair with the 17-year-old boy is inappropriate, to say the least. There's a lot of shaming language and really horrible stereotyping. But once they started fat shaming the kids, uh, that was it for me. I was done. But something that I watched that I did like on um, HBO Max, there's a documentary called Rent Revolution. It's about them, the taking of the musical Rent to Cuba. And it's historic because this is the first American production in Cuba in almost 50 years. I love the musical Rent. I've seen it twice, I think. Niece number one, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we saw it twice. I know that I was lucky enough to see it performed by two of the original Broadway leads, Anthony Rapp and Adam Pascal. I love Rent, but this is a really good documentary. It, it's very well done. If you like Rent, you will love it. Even if you don't like it, <laughs> try check it out anyway. You might still like it. And also remember a few episodes back when I gave the bad review to uh, the miniseries Halston on Netflix. On the off chance that you want to watch something about Halston that is really good, Go over to Amazon Prime and watch the documentary also called Halston. I don't think it's a coincidence that the miniseries and the documentary have the same name. Honestly, once I watched the documentary, it was as if Ryan Murphy just watched the documentary and then made a miniseries out of it. Ewan McGregor aside, the documentary is much, much better than the Ryan Murphy Netflix series. Not only because you get to see the real Halston in action, he was so handsome, but you also get to see the real people who work with him, his kind of support crew. (laughs) That Elsa Peretti is a piece of work. I also started watching Loki on Disney. I love it. I won't waste your time with the review because if you like the Avengers, you're probably already watching it. If you're not and you want to watch it, you'll love it. If you don't like the Avengers, 
you won't watch it. Doesn't matter what I say. So I like it. I think it's really good. I love Tom Hiddleston. I mean, of course he's the god of mischief. Have you seen that smile? Oh, and I'm back on the dating app. All right, now that you're all caught up on my week, let's get into this week's topic. We're back. So this week, I've been thinking a lot about Jennifer Lopez. And not just because I watched the truly awful movie, Second Act. Guys, do yourself a favor. Skip this movie. It is so bad. It is 104 minutes of my life that I will never get back. They're just gone. And this may be a controversial opinion, but she is the worst actress. I truly do not know how she continues to get roles. And she claims to have never used Botox. Maybe that's true. But if it is, why doesn't her face move? She seems to be capable of three expressions only. Happiness, disinterest, and slight annoyance. That's it. That's her full range. No, the reason why I was thinking about Jennifer Lopez is because it appears that she and Ben Affleck have reconciled. You know what the worst part about that is? We all now have to endure the nickname Benifer again. Kevin Smith has apparently laid claim to coining it, so at least we now know who to blame. And that is the last time you will hear me say it. It almost killed me to say it once. So, Ben and Jen. They've been spotted together a few times since May, you know, just kind of in a car together, getting a meal, you know, at the basketball game. Isn't it so handy and practical? There always seems to be photographers around them. But everybody's wondering, are they really back together? Will it last this time? Who knows? What I do know is that J-Lo definitely knows how to work that publicity train. The only person better than J-Lo at cooking up a headline is Kris Jenner. And not to be outdone, Angelina Jolie was recently spotted spending time at the home of her ex-husband, Johnny Lee Miller. And I have feelings about this too, because my love for Johnny Lee Miller is only matched by my hatred for Angelina Jolie. Team Jen forever. I don't know, maybe there's something in the air. Ben and Jen certainly aren't the first celebrity couple to attempt a reconciliation, even if it is just for publicity. Perhaps the most famous reunion was Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, who, after engaging in an affair while filming Cleopatra, they divorced their spouses. They got married to each other March 1964, divorced June 1975, remarried in October 1975, only to divorce again in July 1976. Like Elizabeth and Richard, Richbeth, Iliard, Lizard, Ben and Jen first met while filming an epic movie, an epically bad movie called Geely. Now, to be honest, I have to confess, I haven't seen this movie, so I can't truly say that it's bad. I definitely don't plan on seeing it, J-Lo's movies have already stolen too many precious minutes from my life, but there's no need to take my word for it. Gigli scored a dismal 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. It grossed $7 million worldwide while costing a whopping $75 million to make. To put that into perspective, Jordan Peele's movie Get Out 
cost a measly $4.5 million to make while grossing over $225 million worldwide, $33 million of which was pulled in during its opening weekend. While Ben and Jen, they met in 2001 while filming Geely, supposedly they didn't start dating until June 2002. Now remember, that's probably because in 2001 when she was filming Geely, Jen was married to backup dancer Chris Judd. That marriage only lasted nine months. So by June 2002, Ben and Jen, they make it official. They're dating. Coincidentally, that's also the same month that she filed for divorce from Chris. And in late 2002, they start filming Jersey Girl together. Now, again, I did not see this movie. Don't know how bad it is. But according to ratings and reviews, it's not as bad as Sheely. Personally, I think that's because Jennifer's part in it was so small. So now, Ben and Jen, November 2002, they get engaged. They set a wedding date for September 2003. That is a whirlwind romance, guys. They went from dating to potentially married in 15 months. But just four days before the wedding, they postponed it, saying the constant public attention was too much of a strain on their relationship. And by January 2004... They called it quits permanently. Now, I tend to think the breakup had more to do with the movie critics who were constantly writing about how terrible Jen and Ben were together on screen, with the general consensus being that they lacked chemistry. But there's no need to feel too badly for them. Neither seemed to waste any time wallowing. In June 2004, less than six months after breaking things off with Ben, Jennifer got married to Mark Anthony. And by the end of 2004, Ben was spotted shopping for engagement rings for Jennifer Garner. He must really like Jennifer's. Or maybe it just keeps the confusion to a minimum. So now, fast forward, 2021, Jennifer has had two divorces and a broken engagement. In May 2021, Jen and A-Rod ended their engagement. I hate A-Rod, by the way. I just... He makes me sick. He's so gross. I saw a post of him the other day. He had posted on his Instagram that he was fully vaccinated. And, you know, a lot of celebrities do this. But usually it's like them in their doctor's office with their mask on, getting the shot. Or it's a picture of, you know, just like the Band-Aid on their arm. But, of course, this was A-Rod. So he had to do it the A-Rod, douchey, gross way. So here he is in this picture. He's like twisted to the side you know in a chair twisted to the side so that he can fully outstretch his arm and flex every muscle in his arm so he's not showing the band-aid he's just he's showing his muscles you know i hate him i don't know a-rod maybe you don't pose in a way that reminds everyone of why you were suspended from baseball for a year or why you'll probably never make it into the baseball hall of fame Hope those triceps were worth it. Anyway, one month after ending things with A-Rod, Jen was spotted with Ben. Eventually, the two, they had to make it official because they were quote-unquote caught by the paparazzi. I'm sorry, but no one will ever convince me that a celebrity as big as J-Lo is accidentally photographed. She has resources. She has staff. She is never anywhere where she does not want to be seen. And I'll tell you what, don't sleep on J-Lo when it comes to relationships. This chick doesn't even have time to lose the tan lines on her ring finger before she's in another relationship. 
But one thing is for sure, ever since Jenneman reunited, I told you I won't say that other mashup, it's like JLEX never existed. A-Rod who? But now, 20 years after their first go-round, it's Lowfleck 2.0. So is it a good idea or a bad idea to get back with your ex? Well, as with most things, it depends. How did it end? Was it circumstances? Timing? Those might be issues that can be remedied. Maybe one or both of you weren't ready to fully commit the first time around. You wanted to focus on your, your schooling or your career or your family. But this time you're more established and you can make the relationship more of a priority. You guys already know, I broke up and went back with two of my exes. First, my ex-husband. We actually got back together three times before we finally called it quits. And then my ex-boyfriend and I actually sp split briefly before we moved to Florida. And I, sometimes I think about that and I think, wow, that was crazy. We were living together. We got into a huge argument. He moved out. Several weeks later, we were back together and planning to move to Florida. And, and don't get me wrong. <laughs> I know that sounds rash, but I do not regret it. Despite how the relationship turned out, moving to Florida was one of the best decisions I've ever made. And each time I got back with my ex, it was good. For a while. At least I'm not alone. A study published in the Journal of Social and Public Relationships found that about 50% of couples reported getting back together after a breakup. Researchers noted that a breakup is often harder on the person who did the breaking up because there's a lot of doubt that lingers, and then it brings up this ambivalence, which explains why so many couples will choose to at least attempt to reconcile. But before you get back with your ex, you need to ask yourself, why do you want to? Much like staying friends with your ex, if you're doing it just because it's better than being alone, you probably shouldn't get back with them. And while it might be fun to see a celebrity couple reunite after so many years, this isn't usually the case when the couple isn't famous. Your friends don't generally throw you a party when they see that you're back with your ex. Sure, they may be supportive, but you know they're all thinking it's a bad idea. Remember, these are the same people who nursed you through the original breakup. You may not remember how painful it was when it ended, but they sure do. Now, there are some relationships that end amicably. For these, it's probably perfectly fine to try again. Maybe circumstances are more in your favor this time around. Congratulations. Maybe you're telling yourself that this time will be different because we all know that couple that broke up early on in their relationship only to get back together stronger than ever and now they've been married happily for decades. These couples, they're the exception. They're not the rule. The majority of couples who reconcile do not last. They only delay the inevitable. The majority of relationships, unfortunately, end on a sour note. Whether it is a catastrophic blowout or just a slow dying on the vine over time. These relationships cannot and should not be salvaged. And I hate to break it to you, but no matter how hard they try to convince you otherwise, people don't change, not without a lot of work and years of therapy. Guys, if you don't take the time to grow and change as a person, I guarantee you once you are back with that ex again, all of the same issues that you had the first time around, 
they're just going to come back because they have not been dealt with. They haven't been resolved. And because you've established a pattern of behavior with this person, of, of actions and reactions, you know, like you know exactly which buttons to push and how hard to push them, it won't take long until you're right back into your old ways of interacting. And that's what caused the breakup to begin with. Sometimes you can confuse feelings of nostalgia for love. Or maybe the way it ended didn't quite feel like an ending because maybe it wasn't your choice to end the relationship. In these cases, it can feel as if time has healed all wounds. And it might be tempting to reach out to them to see if the circumstances have changed with them as well. I'll admit it. I do still think about my ex-boyfriend on occasion. If I hear a song on a radio, or especially if I see like a dumb, funny commercial on TV. I used to tell him that he lived for commercials, because if he saw one that he liked, he would pause it, rewind it, and call me into the room so that we could watch it together and laugh. We had kind of a similar sort of juvenile sense of humor. In fact, I think he was the only person that I could just be silly with. But even though these moments are nice, and I do have lots of good memories with him, I do not want to reconcile. That chapter has ended. And you know what they say, you've all seen the meme. You can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the old one. Not every feeling is a call to action. It's just a memory, sis. Do not send that text. Maybe it's fear of the unknown that's pulling you back in the same old familiar relationship. Some time has passed and you're over the initial painful part of the breakup, leaving behind only the good memories. It's kind of what they say about childbirth. If the memories of pain didn't fade, no one would have more than one child. Also, and don't discount this, getting back with your ex means the sex is the same. And even if you had a phenomenal sex life together, if it wasn't enough to keep you in the relationship to begin with, why would it be enough for you to go back? Now, obviously, if a relationship was unhealthy or if it was abusive in any way, you can't go back. But sometimes the issues are less severe. You know, it's just the kind of stuff that we all care around and pretend doesn't exist. If you feel incomplete without them, that's not a sign you should get back together. That's a sign that you should probably take a closer look at with a therapist. The societal and entertainment norm of you complete me is complete, is incredibly damaging to real life relationships. If you are not a whole, happy, healthy adult, you cannot create a whole, happy, healthy adult relationship. And yes, I know that sounds simplistic, but that doesn't make it any less true. When I was doing the research for this week's topic, you would not believe the amount of online articles and books I found with tips on how to get back with your ex. Now, some of them were good practical advice, like looking at the issues that caused the breakup, taking time to heal from the breakup, you know, before even considering getting back together. And then I found some truly awful manipulative and dumb maneuvers like playing games of showing interest and then pulling back so that they would come running back for more. 
With this many resources devoted to one topic, it tells me that there are a lot of people out there searching for ways to reunite with an old love. If you're considering getting back with your ex, ask yourself this. If your sister or best friend was in the exact same type of relationship and she wanted to go back, what would you tell her? Better yet, what would you be telling your other friends about her wanting to get back with her ex? Sometimes that's where the real truth lies. We often treat our friends and family with more compassion and understanding than we give ourselves. So if your advice to her would be to keep it moving in the opposite direction, do that. Maybe you don't want to fully restart your relationship with your ex, but you do want some of the benefits of knowing them. And no, I'm not talking about their Netflix password. I'm talking about a little situationship. Guys, we've talked about this. Holding a spot open for your ex means that there's no room for someone new to come in. It also means you haven't taken the time to heal from the breakup. That's one concern I have when it comes to JLo and her relationships. She doesn't give herself enough time between them to, to rest, to recover, to heal, to learn, to grow. In fact, I've seen some articles that suggest that JLo doesn't know how to be alone, that she rebounds from one relationship to another, and that's why she hasn't really had any successful long-term relationships. The longest being her marriage to Mark Anthony from 2004 to 2011. I don't personally know Jennifer, obviously, so I have no idea if that's true. But here's what I believe. Jennifer is a strategist. Her life is like a chess game. While we're all over here giddy with the thought of a renewed romance with Ben, she's at at least six moves down the road. Jennifer plays the long game. Sometimes we hold on to yesterday for fear of what tomorrow may bring. But what if everything you always dreamed of was waiting for you tomorrow? Remember, you can't move forward if you're still holding on to your past. All right, guys, I am going to wrap up this week's episode. Thanks so much for coming back for episode 45. Don't forget, join the Facebook group, My So-Called Midlife Podcast. And while you're there, like the Facebook page, My So-Called Midlife Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at JennyJoy316. If you like the podcast, tell your friends and then tell them to listen. The second part is important. If you have questions or topic suggestions, you can email me at MySoCalledMidlifePodcast at gmail.com. And guys, I know I dropped a little bomb on you right at the end of segment one. <laughs> We'll talk more about that next week. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Love you. Bye.